guys, it's Andy's girls. Listen, this is going to be one of those quick episodes. I know I often say this episode is going to be two seconds long and then it's nine hours long, but this is genuinely going to be a mini episode because I feel like we are just at a point in great American history in which, you know, the moon has landed and we're like, oh my God, that moon has a different kind of email receipt than what I expected um, when Neil Armstrong went for a jog. And I just kind of feel like there were just a couple a couple thoughts that I had in watching the reunion P1 um, that I wanted to deep dive because Saturday can't come <laughs> soon enough. And I, I really do think Salt Lake City is having one of these like wild seasons. And the thing of it is, I know I have said this before, and then I have sort of said the opposite of it or maybe made it more complicated because it is some, a somewhat simplistic tone, but my opinion, that is. Um, but I just, I feel sort of sad about the reality Vontees, which I keep on wanting to call reality Vontees because of Dita, shout out. Um, she does not want to be in any way associated with this show. <laughs> she was like, she posted a screenshot of the account, was like, block them. And then at that point, it's like, it's more, reality Vontees has like 20 something thousand followers at this point. And I honestly haven't checked in a couple days. But um, the thing of it is, this season is so good that we really didn't need the reality Vontees to happen in in order for this season to be great. Like what we are watching is like the bonus round. I mean, getting that finale, I'm not saying I would turn it down. It was spectacular. But there's a, a little like a tinge almost of melancholy in watching this reunion because I'm just thinking like, Monica, this is your last time. First and last dance is happening at once. We can't save the last dance because it's in fact also your first. We can't even get to the um, what's that fucking thing that we all danced to in junior high that was eight minutes long? It was the, the, the whatever it was. I don't remember. Just you, you all know that longest song um, when you would sort of like rock each other back and forth and stand with your arms straight forward. Come on, we're when were we all born? Two thousand eighteen. Whenever it was. Um, but it just, I, I I love this season. A big part of that has been just the energy throughout the cast. There's been so much going on that I appreciate that it wasn't like we had some stuff happening, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh my God, Monica's a troll. We had so many other points to discuss. And I kind of felt like going into the reunion that it would, I would have the feeling just as a viewer of like, hurry up, let's get into reality. Hurry up, let's get into reality Montees. And but that's taking for granted all of the other things that happened over the season. And I felt like part one was really engaging. And it made me a little sad for two reasons. One, because this cast works together so well. If only Monica was like less Monica, maybe, and hadn't done that account, maybe we could have been able to move forward. But as I said, that's too simplistic because the whole thing with Monica being Monica is that there was this enormous secret she had or this other side to her that people weren't aware of. We weren't. Certainly her cast wasn't. So to pretend that that didn't exist, this huge part of who Monica is, for my own selfish pur purposes of wanting this like show energy to continue is probably not realistic, but like welcome to the show and to the experience of being a, a Bravoholic. And the other thing I was thinking while watching the episode was like, 
oh shit, Monica's really backed herself into a corner because she is aware obviously, the fact that these two camps and one of the camps has a population of literally one person, uh, unlike Jen Shaw's current sleepaway situation. Um, Shout out to Camp Hawkins, where I spent a couple summers as a youth and all girls camp in Somewheresville. I don't even remember. New Hampshire, Maine, one of those. And um, Jen's experience is actually maybe similar, honestly, like outdoor activities, um, curfew, bedtime, we have those Friday whispers thing. Um, continuing on, the, <laughs> the Monica of it all is tough because she has backed herself into a corner because obviously there are these two separate camps. She is one by herself, and then there's camp everybody else. And so I, I guess uh, thinking, being, putting yourself in her shoes, how engaged could she really be in? feeling empathy or sympathy or or pretending to actively listen during moments between other housewives. Like, I don't have an answer to that. But what she's doing is performing, this is all so stupid, this is all so dumb, which just further separates her from the cast. Now, you might be saying, how could she not do that? Like, these women have disowned her from the show for all intents and purposes. Do you think that she would, you know, walk in the doors, sit on the couch, and feel like, okay, I'm I'm here to support. No, that's not the case. But it just makes the kind of division so much more glaringly obvious because she can't even sort of pretend to be human in these moments and to feel a sense of empathy or compassion. She has to like make these faces and pretend it's all dumb. And she just hasn't been here long enough in which to make that feel believable or interesting. So I honestly felt kind of bad for her when I was watching the episode because I just wanted someone to tell her like, this is not the move. Because my guess is Monica wanted to come back. Monica wants to come back. Now, maybe she felt like, listen, if they don't want me, I don't want them. Or maybe she feels like it's such a long shot for her to be asked back at this point. Why would she like pretend to care? I don't know. I I just think why not try attempt to make this as nuanced as possible instead of continuing to play this cartoonish caricature, because we know that's not all of who she is. Even in watching that video where her mom's like, you're an actress, perform. I I get how like not great that is for Monica when that came out. But also, I don't believe that Monica is in and of herself like a total fraud. I don't think she's completely out of pocket from the person that we saw this season. I think areas may have been elevated and uh, performed for the purposes of like maybe being friends with Angie Kay so she can develop a relationship. And then when she's like spreading rumors and gossip, rumors and gossip later on that Angie Kay will believe her and will believe that she's telling the truth when she's actively lying. I, I it just kind of, I, I felt like, oh God, I wish someone had given her the note, her mom, acting coach, whomever, to just not attempt to tone it down but just attempt to feel a little bit more human in those seats and I in that seat. And it's tough because, again, so much of this 
I can't imagine how I would feel if I was in her shoes, but she's really doubling down on into this performance. And maybe it's because she's really attempted to copy Jen at the end of the day. Like maybe that's why she's digging in at this point, but she's not Jen. And that has a huge benefit to it. But then I think about what Heather was, oh, this is going to be a nine hour episode. I can feel it in my bones. Um, I'm thinking about what Heather said at the beginning of the episode, which was like essentially after Jen left, you know, to work on herself, um, Heather was concerned that the audience powers that be, I'm sure as well, and I mean, the audience in many ways can feel like the powers that be, um, the voice of the people after all, uh, that she was concerned that the audience would expect or desire someone to come in and replace Jen who was equally toxic. Like the idea that, you know, we, this person is no longer here, that energy is no longer here. That's a positive thing, I assume, for working conditions, let alone (laughs) the remains of the day. (laughs) When I think of their friendship, like, let us get rid of her and say, amen, that she's no longer here. We don't need to continue with that kind of energy. And the irony um, and maybe awkwardness of thinking you've gotten rid of that kind of energy, that kind of energy has left the building. And then Monica comes in and you think this is someone new. Maybe I don't know how long really Heather had her suspicion of Monica. I don't know that we'll ever really know that, to be honest. I think there are many things that Heather has information on because it's like literally when did you start feeling this thing that we won't perhaps genuinely know. And that being said, I, I just kind of feel like the irony of the fact that the cast breathed a sigh of relief. Obviously, Monica is not Jen, but there's something to be said for taking pleasure and a certain level of toxicity and rudeness that Monica seems to relish in or that Monica wants us to feel that she's relishing in. Because there were points where she was saying stuff, and I know, again, performing for the cameras, but I was like, I don't know that I really believe that you like being this cruel. I think you find pleasure in it, but you can find pleasure in doing something that you may not like. Like, I don't know that she likes, I I think she has attempted to convince herself that this is a sign of power, is this form of snarky aggression. But I don't know, I don't know that that is where she wants to be at the end of the day. But also then we're getting all these voice notes and everything else. And it's hard for me to say the on-camera stuff is a performance when all of these voice notes are being uncovered and they're very consistent to the Monica that we're seeing on TV. So at what point am I giving her way too much fucking credit? Like at what point do you just say like this, I have to take her at her word because of the things that we found out about her, the reveals that she has said about herself. And motivations, I guess, that would continue to reward her for making these kinds of choices. It's it's a little, ooh, and and yet it's a, a great reunion. I don't want this to come off like I was like feeling sad at the end of it. It's just sort of a complicated thing to unpack with Monica because she just really, she's driving this strong performance of zero fucks energy. And I just think it's fake. Like, I'm not saying that to be critical of her. I just think she's more complicated than that. 
I arguably am giving her more credit than that. And I also think some of this stuff is so easily disproven that she's just going to continue to walk into traps because she's trying to do this zero fucks energy. But also I had good motivations. And the problem is that she has made enemies of people who have evidence of the fact that the things she's saying are absurd. Like, when she started before Heather's voice note reveal, when she started to talk about the fact that she was friends with Jen and then started working for Jen, but still kind of felt like a friend of Jen and then stopped. And Andy was asking her, you know, like, did you get paid? And she's saying no. She just kind of like did this to be a friend. That didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like, I think something along a direct quote, but this isn't a direct quote, was something along the lines of like, I was her friend and then I just sort of felt like her friend. It it didn't totally make sense to me. The idea of the fact that you were a friend, but then you were calling yourself an employee, but you were never paid. So a person could argue you were still a friend of hers. Like, when did we decide to call ourselves an employee of Jen? If you were doing the kinds of things, going to grocery shop when you see this woman is in trouble, helping her with timing and stuff, at what point does that friendship become an employee contract if you're never being compensated? It just sounds like you don't have great boundaries and you're doing too much and should be telling this person she can take care of herself. Like for her to allow herself to be in a a work condition, a work environment and not be paid means one of two things. Like either you didn't consider this work or you felt like compensation was going to come to you in another form. And it sounds like while she was trying to spin it as a feeling of something else, but sort of I'm I'm kind of doing this as like a charitable endeavor or something. And I definitely didn't feel like this was a step forward. Heather's asking her questions, direct questions of like, oh, okay, so you didn't feel like this was a step forward in order to um, do something career-wise or essentially get on the show. Monica says, absolutely not. And then Heather plays a voice note that is directly, exactly what Heather said. And it's tough because if Monica isn't comfortable or interested in being honest and sharing her motivations to get on the show, I would think that a little bit of honesty there would help her so much because this like huge thing was revealed that you were behind this account. And I know she's going to continue to back away from it. Other people were involved. And it wasn't just me. We like shared a co-producer credit, which if you're in Hollywood, people battle for those things. Um but you're trying to be super generous and like, you know, dole out responsibility for who was in charge of this thing. But if there was a motivation to get on the show, why not say that? I know in any other circumstance, that would probably be a terrible idea. But the reunion is specifically about breaking the fourth wall. And so much of the finale, LOL, was, I mean, entirely about breaking the fourth wall. Why not just say, I had motivations in working for Jen? Because when you're saying you don't, the the environment doesn't make sense. If she was honest and said, yes, I had motivations working with Jen. I wanted to get on the show. I'm a single mom of four girls and I want to be a star. Why not just say that? I think I think you would get bonus points for doing it. It's like these moments of honesty that would benefit her because all that we're left with then are, no, 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 I had good motivations here and I was just like kind of helping her. 
But how did I, did I want to be on the show? I mean, you know, I sent them an email and I was just like, and then she gets into character mode. Your ratings are terrible. They're awful. Jen's the worst. Like I can help you. I can save your show. Obviously saying the ratings are terrible. I get again what she's trying to do with this like zero fucks energy of like, I'm a bad bitch and I can save it all. I understand why you would say that, but you're using specific lingo that Andy isn't going to love. It's giving a little Carol Radzi at the reunion, you're just afraid of her energy. Like, we don't want Andy (laughs) to, like, feel a way that's, like, not great at this point, even though he'll continue to stay on your side, surely. I mean, it's the reunion. He's sort of on both everyone and no one's side. That's the ideal position to be in when you're leading one of these things. But she's saying stuff that's so easy to disprove. She does one kind of role. She's sort of doing the opposite with the email than what she did prior with uh, Jen being her employer, where like the 1099 was love. You know, like it's just so easy to fact check this. Maybe she didn't realize or wasn't prepared for the fact that her former friend Tanisha would have receipts. I assume that's where Heather is getting these like voice notes and other pieces of information. But why not at least get us halfway to a position of truth? Because we're going now too far in the direction of zero fucks energy. And Monica has seen, I'm sure, most franchises, certainly every episode of Salt Lake. First off, I don't think it's inside the universe of Housewives. It's like that LOL, like you just want to be on the show. You just want fame and whatever else. And you're not being a good friend. Like that's the thing that people often use against each other, certainly at reunions and and during seasons like Phaedra and Nini. You're using my name to get on the show. You're talking about a level of friendship that didn't exist. Like that will happen over and over again over the course of several different franchises and different cycles. But what Monica is doing doing is being like, whatever, whatever happens, like you guys suck and I can, you know, help you win or something is playing this part that's so easy to disprove. That's the whole thing with her Instagram right now is like, yes, queen, go off. Um, I love to do this. I'm just like stirring the pot. That's all fine and good. But there's there's such a large expiration date on that, that if she opened herself up in a different way, sure, she might feel like she's surrounded by wolves, but she's not just speaking to the women on the couch. She's speaking to producers, to production, to the audience. People want to feel a certain kind of connection or understanding from her or a feeling of honesty. And she's playing this part where she's like, I don't give a shit about anything. You guys suck and I can make it better. And then of course, that's going to be fact checked. Now, I assume that she's seen many episodes where people's behaviors or lies or exaggerations are fact checked on the reunion. It's not going to happen immediately. Person from casting isn't going to like hand Andy a note an hour later and have him be like, oh, P.S., what you said an hour. That doesn't make any sense. They don't need to do that. It's not their responsibility. It's that's an editing move if they want to make it. So I don't know if Monica's putting on a front just to get through the day. But then who is she putting on that front for? Like, why say that? Is she just doing it to get through the day to show she's like, didn't need this show? Obviously, she did. And I don't think, while I know the whole like, you're just chasing fame is a great weapon to use on the show, I think everybody is on Housewives at a certain point, 
for an idea of fame and attention and and sometimes monetizing, not always, but I mean, most of the time. So then this screenshot goes to the email that she actually sent. Now she's telling everybody, I, you know, zero hugs. I, you guys suck, Jens, but whatever. Um, you need me. I can save the show, whatever else. And then we go to the actual email itself sent in November of 2021. Does anybody remember the timing of all of this with, um, Jen's arrest. I don't. And unlike a reunion edit, I'm not going to be (laughs) editing that into this episode. So what she actually sent was reaching out in regards to your casting call. Would love more information on what needs to be done or how to move forward. You guys need a feisty, excommunicated Latina on the show immediately! Exclamation point, exclamation point. I'm your girl! Exclamation point. Signed, Monica F. And the lower third on that, Monica's actual email to casting. Now, I think that's probably going to happen several times over the course of the reunion. Not necessarily evidence and screenshots of other emails, because how many more can there be at the end of the day? I guess there could be like screenshots of text with production, but that feels like you're kind of crossing a little bit of a line versus what Heather's going to do, which is going to say, okay, well, when you said this thing, did you really mean it? Oh, okay, you're nodding that you really did. Well, I have a voice note, evidence, a video of you doing exactly the opposite. And if she is not willing to own up to the fact that she's craven at points in which she might feel like this maybe makes her feel bad in a different way versus performing that kind of energy when she doesn't need to, when it's unnecessary, she's making bad moves strategically. This is where we need you to It's not even playing chess versus checkers. It's just like, read the instructions to any game. Or I guess develop your own. I just don't know how far, if you're going to make it into the next round. And that's tough. Because I really do like her. Also, who am I kidding? It's it's a really interesting reunion. Like, seeing that email was very entertaining. I 100% laughed. I do feel like I'm acting a little bit like her coach. But does she need one? I mean, I don't know. What was her goal here? Was her goal to make a splash? Was her goal to make a splash and become a vital, integral part of the show? I don't know. Is she, in some ways, Heather's worst nightmare? probably could I really enjoy having some version of a worst nightmare for Heather on the show? A hundred percent. Yes, I would love it. I just think Monica can't help this toxicity and the way that she is telling us that she's relishing it and then also making instinctive decisions that feel that are so inconsistent and chaotic it just leaves a person feeling like all of this is fake. Because then all of these moments when other cast members are talking and challenging each other and everything else, she's just making these like, eh, whatever, like little faces of like, this is all stupid. I'm going to like wrinkle my nose a little bit. Like that's not, that's not interesting or engaging. It's just telling us that you have now found yourself in entirely in an entirely different world. And the problem is, and I think a lot of viewers want to stay in the ones that are discussing what's happening within the cast. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? 
And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. 
Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. And then, I mean, maybe this is shitty of me. It probably is. There's a lot that I want to talk about, which we'll get into on the next Andy Scrolls. This is just like, as with every episode, I'm focusing on like three things. <laughs> this is in no way a recap. But this is the thing that kind of not drove me insane, but I was like, are we kidding? I I know that Andy said, you know, I would I would have asked them had they uh, on Watch What Happens, you know, or I did ask him. I don't even remember what he said on the episodes. I don't remember how far we went. Maybe it would have been had they been on after all of this came out. You know, do you think that Monica stole the ring? I really don't remember how that came up on any Watch What Happens that Lisa was on if uh, it came up at all. But the idea that Monica would challenge Lisa and the rest of the cast and say, why didn't you publicly defend me and say that I didn't take I didn't steal your ring. That's like a horrifying accusation. You could have clarified it. I just kind of thought to myself, why would you think that these women would stand up for you? If there are crazy rumors going around or people are suspecting you of doing things, in this case, illegal, but, it, it, you know, um, thinking that you might have had something to do with this, uh, a, a morally negative decision <laughs> is how I would phrase it if that was something that you were being uh, alleged to have done. 
why would you think that anyone in the cast would would think to themselves, wow, Monica really needs a friend right now. I guess I'm going to stand in there and clarify. Did she do that with Angie's husband? No, she just like continued to spread this rumor so that it could become a topic of conversation and then she could place the blame or seek any opportunity in which it would make sense to shift the focus onto maybe one of her cast members being the one to have created it. Like, and not, then not taking any accountability, which is less of an issue to me in the grand scheme, but like not taking accountability for being the first one to say it on camera. She's saying, well, I didn't originate it. I just said it or I just repeated it. But you're not telling us who told you from the jump. Like if you're saying I repeated it, the point here is on camera. It's like when you open a fortune cookie and you add in bed at the end of the fortune cookie. So when someone is saying we are upset at you for saying this thing and you're saying I repeated it, you you repeated it on camera. When you use the word repeat, I as a viewer think that you mean that someone else told you this on camera, but they didn't. So when you're saying essentially I was told this privately and then I repeated it, on camera, the point is not just the conversation itself. The point is that you were seemingly the first person who said it on camera. Like that difference (laughs) matters. But her insistence that, you know, this is something terrible I was accused of. Why isn't my cast standing up for me? I mean, they don't want to be in the same room with you. They didn't, they couldn't stand to sit next to you at BravoCon. Why do you think that they would say, well, you know, regardless of how we feel about each other and we feel terrible, I don't think that you um, stole this ring. No, I think they're going to feel like you can handle this on your own. And it's unfortunate. I don't, I didn't totally, I I mean, I guess I thought understood what she was saying when she said it was a stereotype. I think what she was saying was that it was like classist of them, I guess, to not say something, which mm, I don't really... I totally agree. I mean, it's certainly the impact of that, you know, could be perceived as classes. But I think the issue here is not Monica's life as a single parent, you know, working to keep uh, a house together and feed and clothe and take care of her kids. I think the issue is like Monica can't be trusted. So I don't think the cast is implying that because she does not have as many financial resources as them, that she would do something illegal or steal something. I think what the cast is, the cast's intention is to say, like, you are a fraud in friendship. So if you are not telling us who you really are, well, then we have no idea what happened. So I feel like in that sense, she was sort of stringing this thing together to make the cast look worse, which I have truly no problem with, you know, talking about the cast not looking great. But in this circumstance, I didn't really buy it. Um, I, but I got I honestly got what she was saying. I don't know how much of that was a stretch for her in saying that. I actually do think that she believed it. I just happen to disagree. And people have every right to have a difference of opinion there. But I was just sort of astounded at the idea that she really did expect at this point when the cast fully won't walk a press line with her, won't sit in seats at the Bravos, which I think of as the Andes, because actually Andy Scrolls did do an award show, like it was like a couple episodes long, maybe award show 
several years ago. It was the first annual Never to Happen Again Andes Awards. Maybe that's why I'm thinking in my head that I'm thinking of that BravoCon, Watch What Happens, as being called the Andes, when I think it was, in fact, called the Bravos. Anywho, that was the moment in which I was like, oy vey, Monica. Like, I get it. I actually really genuinely did understand her upset of like, why aren't these people standing up for me? But I also understood why they weren't, which is like a little tough. Um, That was not my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) My number one favorite part of the episode was when sweet, sweet Angie K reached for her clutch. I think it was when Monica was like saying something. There was there was some sort of argument that was happening and she reached, she like gingerly reached for her clutch. And I was like, oh, bitch is getting a receipt. Like Angie K brought shit to the table. We're going to get into it. Like she's, she's already coming. She's got some sort of info. And then she's like sort of holding the clutch. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And then she opens the clutch and it's like, okay, this is going to, and she takes out a Kleenex. And I think it was to dab her face. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> Here I am. Here I am in this world, in this universe, currently recording in the cloth, but like sitting on the people's people's couch thinking to myself like, oh, my God, Angie brought receipts. And what she brought was a tissue for her nose or mouth. I don't know. That charmed me (laughs) in the way that Angie K really and truly does. I just thought, I don't know. You know, go queen, give us nothing. Like she's giving us stuff. I actually really appreciated the way that she stood up for herself. Um, Her kind of engaged dynamics with Meredith, I thought was really interesting. I honestly found myself a little confused with like the ping pong back and forth between Lisa and Angie K and then Lisa Meredith and Angie K and then Lisa Whitney and Angie K and then also Meredith. I was a little confused, I guess, about the rumors or whatever else. I was a little confused about what the original point of some of this was, but I did find myself watching the interaction thinking like, Lisa Barlow is very good at reunions. Like, I know that we all die for her Twitter right now, which is genuinely iconic. Like I posted on IG earlier and said that her Twitter account is my daily horoscope because just the way that she is a total sassafras and then also says these things that like make a lot of sense, um, seem genuine. I just, she really delivers. I don't know if this is new or she always has, or it's maybe just the structure of the first episode where I felt like really keyed in, even if some of the back and forth I found a little bit confusing. She just did a great job of being energized, passionate, obviously extremely direct, which I don't know that she gets enough credit for. And just being able to communicate in such a way that I understood exactly what she was saying and it sounded really honest. Like I believed her when she was saying what she said and it honestly brought a lot of truth and it muddled the water for that fight between Lisa and Whitney because then when we're getting the throwbacks and I guess like extended footage because I don't remember seeing all of what we saw in the actual episode itself. It made a lot of sense why Lisa might feel a little bit under attack about not being a supportive friend to Whitney after the obviously very tragic and terrible loss of her best friend. And certainly, I mean, Whitney showing up to film the day after that shows a lot of dedication, but obviously someone who's feeling very sensitive and um, 
vulnerable at that point. I 100% give her full credit for um, showing up and doing the work and also being in like a really fragile, vulnerable state. But that being said, I was confused when we saw the extended footage that's like showing Lisa, you know, really directly asking Whitney how she is, lol, repeatedly. I get how in Whitney's words at the reunion, like Whitney felt frazzled as a result of being asked repeatedly. But I thought the whole issue in the episode itself was that Lisa was not acknowledging the death of Whitney's best friend. So now when we're on the reunion couch and Whitney's saying like, no, no, it wasn't that you didn't address it. It's that you asked me too many times. But then also like maybe you didn't hug me as well. I found that super confusing. And then I'm thinking to myself, which reality are we supposed to go off of? Are we going because Lisa's addressing seemingly the reality of what happened when they filmed? And she's being supported, I thought, by the flashback. Then we're feeling Whitney's reality, which is based on the storyline presented to us in the edited episode. And that is to me really tricky. Like, I don't know how I would handle that if I was in Whitney's shoes or another housewife shoes with another situation being discussed. Because are you talking about the ways that maybe you were like asked questions during confessionals of how did you feel about Lisa? And obviously you felt a certain way when the scene was presented, but which part of this are we trying to defend? Because I just felt, and this might be me misremembering genuinely, I feel like so much has happened since then, but I just, maybe I'm the only one that felt confused. I did genuinely feel a little befuddled watching that interaction take place at the reunion because I just felt like, oh, this is clarifying to me that Lisa did ask her, but now we're getting into the situation of like, no, it's not that she ignored what was happening. It was just like being cheery and just, you know, walking around with the like jewelry and the whatever else and giving Heather a gift. It's it's not that. It's maybe a little of that, but also the fact that she was checking in too much or she was being too direct. Because if you're saying to this person, you know, it, you asking me over and over again, it's like making me uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about it. And they take you at your word. They like trust your boundaries and don't ask you again, but they asked you repeatedly prior. Are they to blame for listening to you when you told them that you didn't want to discuss it? It's confusing to me. Like, I think some of Whitney's decisions this season were confusing to me. And I know that there are people who are, who are like, LOL, she's like dumb, quote unquote. And listen, we can throw that around about any number of people when you're just kind of like casting someone off. And I don't think it's that even if I have called her whatever I've called literally anybody on Housewives at some point in time. I just I find myself confused by her. I find myself confused by her reactions to things. And yet she can be spot on at other points. Like, It's just with some of this, I don't know if some of my confusion is because of the edit and trying to go off of like the reality presented to us in an edited episode versus some of my confusion for her behavior in the moment and trying to understand how that influenced her reasoning about like past behavior, i.e. the Heather Book stuff, the fact that like she said out loud this stuff to you, but when you looked at it on the page, it felt different, which I still honestly sort of understand. But if she said out loud the entire thing, like the entire excerpt, you're going to hear all of the like sass, comedy, flowery, gap, 
you know, body gap home fragrance of it all, it's like a little pungent, you're going to still hear that even if you don't see it on the page? Or is it that you just like need time and sometimes change your mind? I think maybe that's an issue too, is that sometimes Whitney alleges things or or says that this thing that happened didn't happen versus saying, I just changed my mind. Like when you read that excerpt, it and maybe that's what she was trying to say, but some of us were confused by how she was saying it. Like if she just sort of, if, if here, here I am, the most like muddled <laughs> person in, in talking, trying to say like, what's the TLDR? But sometimes I do need Whitney to say what the TLDR is. But then sometimes when she says that, I'm still confused. So I don't really have a response to it. And also, what next? What's next season going to look like without Monica? Also, Meredith doing Chicken Soup for the Soul and like women should support other women was sort of a highlight of the thread of like we need to like support each other and like understand when someone puts up boundaries to respect them. And it's all fine and good, 100%. Totally agree in life. And also, that is tough on housewives where you are sometimes rewarded, and by sometimes I mean often for not doing that. Um. That was fun. Also, Meredith forgot, but then remembered her Meredith accent when she was reading back her own iconic monologue. She remembered the like husband, but she didn't do rumors, which I was kind of disappointed by because Andy did it multiple times. And I very much appreciated that choice. And I think he was charmed by it as well, which I was also into. Um, there was so <laughs> there was just so much that happened that I felt I don't know. I felt like it was a really strong reunion. You know how sometimes the second episode is kind of dumb? And sometimes the like second part of the first episode can be a little bit dumb. I don't I didn't get that energy. I actually think this is going to be a really strong three, hopefully 10 episode arc. I would love to get like at least six to 17 um, Secrets Revealed episodes, except I think Tanisha is in fact giving that to us in real time on social. And thank you, Tanisha, for your service. Um it's just it, it, what a wild ride we have. It just makes me it does make me feel kind of sad for Monica because <laughs> I do think some of these instincts are maybe not serving her if she's thinking about trying to get a second season because it just does feel a little bit artificial, which is maybe the thing that people love about her and also maybe a critique of her. Um I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure. I'm so curious, honestly, for your thoughts. Please, please, please comment on the like Fakakta um <laughs> social post about this episode and let me know and send me your satchels. I'm I really I need them. I like <laughs> desperately need them. Email me Andy's Girl Show at gmail.com. Slide into my um DMs on IG. Unfortunately, I don't listen to voice notes and I love to read a long form, much like Whitney. I love to read it on the page. Hearing it just just isn't the same. So include your first name in town and let me know your thoughts. But I really am honestly specifically curious about your reactions to Monica's behavior. Um it at in part one on social, the difference between the two. I think she's just trying to figure out how to survive this and who can't sort of empathize with that at the end of the day. I still don't think she'll be back. I don't think she should. I just don't think it makes sense. And she was a little bit of a she was just a little bit of a shooting star. And that shooting star is, I think, lasting a season. But what a season 
it has given, you know, like what a season her work has given us. And I'm, I'm so appreciative to that, but also to the rest of the cast. It, again, I think I said this at the beginning of this two minute episode, <laughs> um, that, you know, it, had the uh, reality von tease not happened, it still would have been a strong season, but we wouldn't have had that finale. And let us all say amen. Um, also, I do want to just say one quick thing before we wrap this three and a half second episode, which is when Monica was talking about the fact that she was like vulnerable at the cast and like cried with Heather about having the affair and and the and being excommunicated and then being rebaptized. Like, why didn't we see any of that this season? I would have really appreciated seeing it because really what we got was her being like, yeah, I fucked my, you know, um, brother-in-law and yada, 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 or husband's brother-in-law, whatever. And not seeing any ownership or vulnerability from that was a, a missed opportunity, I think, not just f- for Monica, which it definitely was, but for the rest of us. But there was this one moment where Monica is clarifying who it is she had the affair with. And Andy, and I think at least someone else in the couch, maybe Heather, maybe other people were like, oh, that's not as bad. Like, you should have just said that. Where I thought to myself, like, oh, I don't think I, I get what they're saying, but I didn't agree. Because I guess a lot of people thought that Monica had had an affair with her husband's brother and which is her brother-in-law and did I say that right I think I did and in fact the person she had an affair with was her husband's sister's husband which Andy felt because it was this the her husband her ex-husband's sister's husband instead of her ex-husband's brother that made it less bad I didn't get that sense I think if you asked Monica's husband, sister, is this better that it's with your spouse and not your brother-in-law? It's this is a you can you couldn't even say it once, let alone three times fast. I just thought it was equally bad. I really did. I was like, I get what they're saying. Because sure, if it's your husband's brother, that's terrible. But I also think if it's your husband's sister's husband, that's also very bad. That's very, very bad. And so that was the one moment where I'm like, I don't think that really like, that's clarifying to know exactly who the role is. But I don't, it's still affecting her, obviously her, uh, Monica's husband, or, or then husband, but it's also affecting his family and his sibling. It just so happens that the sibling is the sister and the sister's spouse instead of it being like the husband and the brother. I get it. I get from like a biblical sense. I really do get like brother against brother at war, but I just think it's still, it's still bad. Like I'm not going to give her an inch on that. Like, I, I get it. And I get how I, I totally understand it's like agree to disagree. But I'm not going to give her an inch. Um, Not on that part of the stuff. But Lord knows part two is going to be, I'm sure, incredible. Excited for part three. I do think I might have a little bit of a um, Clawfus viewing party and invite a couple pals over for P3. Because um, I do think it's going to be stellar. Um, I'm really not looking forward to seeing Mary back. Apologies. I just think her energy, we just, we got so used to her not showing up to these things that her energy is maybe better served not being on the couch. Although, you know, Monica will be a glow because she has an ally. But honestly, if your only ally is Mary Cosby, what's that? 
saying for you, you know, although, you know, Mary Cosby can bring with her elements of something. I mean, certainly having someone with a difference of opinion of everybody else in the couch, like that, that's not bad. Like, well, let's, let's add a little zest. It's just that I don't necessarily respect um, Mary's thoughts on some of this. I just kind of think, ma'am, we have a whole lot to unpack here. And I do think Mary has created a really helpful role of, for herself as a friend of. And I think a little dose of Mary goes a very long way. Um, I just kind of feel like, yeah, I, I, it certainly can help Monica short term, but I don't know how much that will validate some of her actions to the rest of the audience if it's like only Mary saying it. But or maybe I'm totally wrong. Mary, maybe because Mary is not emerged in the full time housewifery of it all, that that perspective is um, all the more needed and um, informative. It's entirely possible. Also, are we going to get into the stuff about her son? Because that's whew, that whole marriage sitch is just how old are these kids? I just, it was a lot. And to not know, but you live together, but I haven't had the chance to ask him. And then allegedly the first time you're asking him is on camera, but I really hope that's not the first time you're asking him. I really hope you guys had a discussion about this offline. I don't know. That's a to be continued. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to see play out. Um, listen, guys, send me your satchels. Let me know your thoughts and feels. Uh, follow me on Instagram and threads at Dame Galley. Join the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more, like a DM from me with some TV recommendations and just some deep thoughts um, at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. I'm working on a here's what you missed last week on Glee style recap of of everything that has happened with Salt Lake. I think it's a running list of 10 different sort of news points that have happened on social, on Andy talking on Radio Andy. Um, the Tanisha of it all is its own special section. So that will uh, be up um, in the next day or so um, on the AG Patreon. And thanks to you guys for listening. And I don't know that I'm going to do these like uh, surprise AG classics. Um, through to part three, but I might, I just might, I just feel like it's sort of triage style, bravoholic community chit chat, because it's just, it's happening. It does feel special. Salt Lake City certainly feels like a moment right now. And I think it deserves its own little mini drop. Um, Speaking of drops, AG500 is like, literally, I guess this is technically 498, lol. So literally in two episodes, uh, if anybody has any thoughts, I've solicited <laughs> recommendations and ideas on IG. I got a ton of them and I loved all of them. I don't know. I think I think maybe AG500, much like my age, will be a spiritual AG500. So like maybe 500 will be happen, will happen, but we'll celebrate it at like 503. I don't know. There's a whole lot cooking. And in my delight and, and in some ways haste to get out a bunch of extra episodes because there's been so much happening. I haven't focused as much on the number ticking. And um, but I'm so I'm really I, I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas for 500, which we might celebrate at like 504. So <laughs> we'll see how that happens. In the meantime, guys, hope you enjoyed this 90 second episode of AG Classic. Kudos to all of us for the gift that Salt Lake City continues to give. Let us all say some sort of prayer for whatever happens on Beverly Hills. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess tonight when, because what's today? I'm recording this late on Tuesday. So tonight will be Wednesday when we watch VH. And also Miami. Shout out to Miam. We'll see what's going on there. Um, let me know your thoughts and feels. I'm excited to do a Salt Lake City uh, Satchel Spectacular on Patreon soon. But obviously let me know your thoughts and feels on the other franchises. And I will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.